You are now listening to the Late to the Party Podcast. Welcome to the Late to the Party Podcast. We got Zach from Orlando, Trevor from his house, New Bedford. I'm, I'm at my house. Um, I think all three of us might owe Texas A&M maybe an apology. I don't know. But I mean, they definitely showed up on Saturday night and what a freaking crazy game. I just want to start like usually games against Alabama, like teams will start hot and then Alabama starts coming back and they start folding. Like that is not what Texas A&M did. Like I just remember one point, I think it was maybe the third or fourth quarter when Alabama scored a touchdown and Alabama, uh, Texas A&M like immediately got a kick return for a touchdown. I was like, it's just any answer, anything that Alabama threw at them, they had an answer for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. I was, ahead, I was watching the, I, I, I was watching the, so I was watching down here in Orlando, and it's funny. I was at Magic Kingdom a couple of days ago, and, and we were waiting for our food in line, and there was a bunch of Alabama fans just all decked out, in crimson, crimson tide gear, and they were just trying to like rationalize and justify like what actually happened on Saturday. But, um, I don't know, dude. I, I, I think this has more to say about where Alabama currently sits in the poll rather than the job that Texas A&M, Texas A&M did, because the thing with A&M is. You know, we—I don't think we owe them apology. I mean, they came into the season with a ton of hype, you know, thinking that this was going to be the year. You know, they had a lot of key playmakers, and I know Trevor alluded to them not having Kellen Mond and how it was going to be maybe a different season for them. But still, like they practically played a home game against Texas—I mean, against Arkansas at Jerry World—and then they they looked completely ineffective in that game. And then to follow up that bad loss against Arkansas. They laid out and played probably the worst game they've had in five years and lost to a bad Mississippi State team at home. And I and I, I can tell you right now, I was shocked that they won. I was shocked that it was even like, what, 38 to like 21 at one point. They were up by like almost three scores on Alabama. And the thing is, I, I don't know. I just I, I can't figure out right now what the SEC's deal is outside of Georgia and Alabama because you have a bunch of teams that like, you know, Florida and um Florida and obviously a beat them, played Alabama very, very well. And then you have the rest of the conference that just seem to, like, have wins against opponents that we don't know how good they are. Like, you know, Mississippi's uh, Ole Miss beating up on Arkansas when we thought Arkansas was going to be the dark horse of the SEC, and now they've kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit. So I don't, I'm not saying Alabama because I do think they're a very good football team still, and I do think it's probably a 90 to 95% chance they run the table the rest of the way up until where they get to the SEC championship game. But I, I don't know, man. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know, like, I don't know. What are your thoughts? What do you think, like, I think more about, like, where does this put Alabama? I will talk about it again later on in the book. Like, like, do you really think that, you know, that, are they as dominant as we thought they are? Right. I mean, this could go one of two ways, right? I'm a little, I'm a little um, confused about the Crimson Tide right now myself. Either they're they're vulnerable, right? They're not as good as they uh, we thought they were. They look like an okay team on the road, struggling against Florida, and then this past weekend in College Station, which nobody saw coming. Or they use this as a massive wake up call, and they just absolutely go, you know, blow the doors off everybody, well, laser focus down the stretch for the rest of the year, and they uh, they have one loss going into the SEC championship game. I think it's more likely the latter. I mean, let's not. Let's not overreact on um, Alabama. Maybe like Zach was saying before, like, you know, they're in the stratosphere. Obviously, you know, that's probably not the case. It looks looking like last year's Bama team was was head and shoulders better than this team so far. 
So I, I do like Bryce Young still. For a freshman, he's pretty poised. He played well the other night. I know he had 20 incompletions, so he could have played a little bit better. But, you know, this college station. It's tough to go down there and get a win any time. I know people were um, starting to nitpick Bill O'Brien, I guess, a little bit for his lack of uh, lack of originality on some play calls. I don't see that. I mean, they put up just about 500 yards of offense the other night. I don't think offense was the problem. You know, defense had their hiccups. I think, you know, let's not overreact on Alabama. I think they'll be just fine. This is one of those games where, you know, Every dog has his day, right? I mean, Jimbo Fisher had never had never beaten Alabama since he's gotten there. He did say to the boosters, you know, talking out of his ass, I'm sure, but he did say he was gonna he's gonna uh, whip uh, whip Alabama's ass one of these years. And hey, I mean, I don't know if they whipped it, but you know, finally came true. I know we, um, you know, they always try to humor the boosters, but it's just crazy, you know. Finally, uh, finally, Nick Saban loses to. Uh, to one of his assistant coaches, I believe what the, they were like a hundred straight wins or something like that against uh, unranked teams. So that comes to an end too. So I was just, you know, in a vacuum, this one game, you, you have to tip your cap to Texas A&M, but I think Alabama will be just fine going forward. Do you think it's fair though to say that maybe Alabama is not as good as we think we are, uh, as good as we think they are, just because if you look at their schedule, their two biggest road games so far were against Florida where they almost choked that game away. And they went to Texas A&M and really should have got smoked, but Texas A&M tried to choke it away, but then won the game back. So, I mean, they're two big road games. They've kind of struggled a little bit. And, I mean, great, they're beating up on, like, Miami and all these crappy teams. But, I mean, I think it's fair to question how good they really are. I mean, yeah, it's one game. But, I mean, I think I think this clearly shows that Georgia's definitely the class of the SEC right now. I just think what pisses me off, and we'll talk more about it with the top 10 stuff, is just it comes to me that, that it's almost like they're setting up Alabama and Georgia for that controversy when the two teams play for the SEC championship game. You know, if Alabama does beat Georgia, they're probably going to get the case of the SEC teams into the playoff automatically. And to me, um, I just think I'll, I, I know I keep alluding to this, and I'll probably save my argument uh, afterwards. Um, I'm sorry, can you guys hear that beeping going on in the background? All right, sorry, now. it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it's just I I just think that I, I, I don't know, man. I'm not gonna come out on a limb and say Alabama's done for because that's definitely not true. Um, every fan is bad game. I mean, they're probably gonna look at this loss and they're probably just gonna go and kick the shit out of the remaining opponents that they usually do each year. I'll be stunned if they lose another game for the SEC championship game. So I think they'll be fine. But I'm not giving any more credit to Texas A&M for that win. I mean, yeah, you beat Alabama, you beat the number one team. You still had two shitty losses early on in the season. And you come in with a season uh, with a ton of hype each year. And if you come in with that hype, you can't be losing those crappy games um, to other SEC opponents. So good for Texas A&M. If they want to act like this is their national championship, go ahead. But, I mean, the damage has already been done for the Aggies. I mean, great. You beat Alabama. But I still don't think a and I, I, I can still see A&M coughing up another loss or so this year. I'm not, like, I don't know. I don't know if that says more about less about Alabama. But whatever you guys think, I mean. I kind of agree with you both on it. So I'll give a little helmet sticker to uh, Aggies quarterback Zach Calzada. That guy got beat up pretty good. He hung in there, made some pretty crazy throws into tight into tight windows. Um, he, you know, kind of took the team on his back down the stretch. Uh, he could have easily tapped out of that game. I think, you know, a silver lining, well, besides the win, but a silver lining maybe going forward for Jimbo Fisher's team is that they might have finally found a successor to Kelman with Zach Calzada. So we'll see going forward. What are we so while we're on the topic, I mean, we'll get into our top tens later on. But like Zach, as an Ohio State fan, how much does it piss you off that they only, that they only dropped to uh, 
number five in the coaches poll. Well, I just think it's just like the same old thing each year with the SEC teams. I get really discouraged by it because if you look at the AT, AP top 25 right now, there's five teams in the Big Ten that are in the top 10. And I think that, you know, on most given years, one of those Big Ten teams play each other. They'll beat up on one another, and the AP will drop them like seven or eight spots out of the freaking top 10. So, like, you know, for example, a few years ago when Penn State and Ohio State had that battle in Columbus, when Ohio State was number seven and Penn State was number two, I mean, Penn State should have won the game. Ohio State came back and, and ended up winning. But Penn State ended up dropping like eight or nine spots, almost outside the top ten by losing that one game. And Alabama loses to an unranked team that lost two games already. And they only moved down four spots. I mean, I just can't justify that. I'm not saying that I don't think Alabama probably isn't one of the better teams in the country. But you need to be penalized by that kind of stuff. I think Alabama should at least drop down to eight or nine or at least ten, somewhere around there. I mean, I just think that makes sense. What, what, but what's, but why argue that? Ohio State lost to Oregon, who was a top 10, a top 10 team. They ended up dropping like seven spots because of it. I mean, granted, Alabama was down by almost three scores in this game. So it wasn't like it was a dogfight or anything. I mean, Texas A&M let them back into the game later on. I think Alabama, if they make their case going forward, I mean, I still think they would put themselves back in the position. But like, what's going to happen if they lose another game? They're going to drop them down to nine and they're going to keep them in the top 10 and give Alabama still a, a chance for that. I just think that there's this this shit that goes on each year with the SEC for like Alabama and Georgia lose a game and it doesn't really damage them much. Where if you look at Notre Dame, Ohio State, look at Michigan, those teams lose a game. The AP poll punishes them like they killed a a child or something. And Alabama just seems like they get away with this stuff each year. So I don't know, man. I I, I, I still think that Alabama is one of the better teams. And I understand why that thinking kind of comes into place, but. Um, and I'm not arguing for Ohio State either because having one loss is not benefiting them at all. But I don't know. Look at Ohio State right now. They're throttling teams, and Alabama's barely scooting by some games. And Alabama lost to a two-loss, unranked team, and, and Ohio State lost to a team that's been in the top three. I mean, how does how can you justify Alabama being in front of them right now? I think the thing about it is, too, is you kind of almost know how the story's going to be written. Like, and I know you're not even coming at it from an Ohio State point of view just because this literally happens every year. But, like, just look at Cincy. They play a bunch of nobodies for the rest of the year. So what's going to happen is Alabama will beat Georgia in the SEC championship. Then Alabama and Georgia will both be in the playoff, and Cincy's going to be undefeated and won't be in the playoff. Like, you already know that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, just – Ask yourself an honest question, right? I know they lost. Do you honestly think there's seven to eight teams better than uh, Alabama? Like, you're going to say, oh, uh, Cincinnati is going to beat Alabama if they line up on the field. I doubt it. Uh, Michigan, no offense, Matt. I doubt it. Um, Oklahoma, I don't think so. With that pathetic defense and their quarterback limbo situation. Iowa, I don't think so. I don't so. even know at this point. I don't I know. Mean, I mean, the way they played against Texas A&M, I think, I think they could – I think Alabama State, Oklahoma, they could very well lose some of those games. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, they're inferior, but, like, they got a freshman quarterback. You know, Bryce Young's been great, but that experience plays into things sometimes. And I think that there was a lot of the criticism that people were giving Ohio State was that, oh, they're inexperienced. they got a quarterback who has never really played a full season under their belt. Like, they're, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. Why aren't the same questions being brought up for Alabama? And I felt like there was a lot of people – on social media, especially Twitter, that were saying before the rankings even came out, if you're going to penalize Alabama, you better look like how you penalize Penn State, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and those schools when they lose games. You love kicking them out of the top 10 and talking about how overrated they are. I mean, shit, Clemson even dropped. How many spots did Clemson drop when they lost to Georgia? I mean, they were like eight or nine. 
They went from the number two team down seven spots. Alabama moves four spots. I mean, they scored. They scored three points, though, boss. I mean, come on, they look pretty pathetic in that game. I mean, at least uh, Alabama put some thirty-eight points on the road. You know, Alabama was down three scores at one point. You know, you look yeah, at jackasses like Paul Vine. Yeah, they came. They came back. Is like Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum loves to go on national television and talk about Ohio State got worked and destroyed by Oregon, which was not the case at all. No, the dumb ball-headed moron if you actually watch the game. But, no, like, he doesn't want to have to say anything when it comes to Alabama. I'm sorry. It's bias. It is completely bias. It is. I mean, I will say right now, and I don't know if Zach's going to jump down my throat, but I would I would say Ohio State could beat Alabama right now, given the way their offense is uh, clicking on all cylinders. So I would, you know, my rankings, I, I have them pretty close right now. I have them actually right next to each other. So that's just... I know we'll get into the top ten later, but I think that's one of the teams that could right. be out of Alabama right now. So I mean, I love the argument on Alabama because I mean this is going to be a thing all year because we're going to see where where they get placed in the rankings and it's, I'm not yeah, be it's almost like they did it on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll see how it plays out. Um, you know, I just. Maybe we do. Maybe the AP, we can't focus on the AP writers too much. But yeah, we, they have flaws. We all know they have flaws with their rankings. That one team will lose and they'll go down to purgatory. Maybe that shouldn't be the case. I just don't think that should be the case with the Crimson Tide. So that they're a very talented team, very well coached. I like their freshman quarterback. I know he's a freshman, but he has done nothing wrong yet. He's done nothing to prove that he can't handle the situation. So, you know, I, I, you know, a few spots. I, I have no problem from that dropping from one to five. So that's I'll leave it at that. So. And Zach, uh, and Zach, disconnect. Zach's back with us. He's there. All right. Just if that happens again, guys, don't like just keep going on. I'll just have to join the call again and all that. So. All right. Yeah. No worries. Well, I was actually just looking up. So November second is when the uh, is when the first college football playoff rankings come out. So that will be that'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. So I mean, while we're on the okay. subject of, okay. of of Ohio State, Zach, what is going on? Down there in Columbus with Ohio State just throttling every team they play. Oh, it was a complete 180. Complete 180. I mean, they look like the team that I think everybody expected and a little bit more. In the last two weeks, they, the offense has looked unstoppable. I don't know how else you can justify it, though, because I know I know we talked about Rutgers looking a lot better in the Big Ten this year. But, you know, they came out and Michigan State took care of business with them last weekend. So, you know, we don't really know how really good they were. But they did, you know put up a dogfight with Michigan, who Michigan, you know, Michigan's most of their games this year has been to kind of playing to the level of their opponent. So, you know, I don't know really what that says about Rutgers, but with Maryland, you know, I think we all came into the year before Maryland took the field against Iowa the week before we thought they were going to be a pretty good football team. And they've just gotten completely demolished the last two weeks by Iowa and Ohio state. But I mean, this is, this is reminding me of that season. Ohio state won the national championship. I mean, they had that game in week two against Virginia tech when they just looked completely horrible and they looked like they were not a championship caliber team. And then they just got completely ripped apart by the media. And then the rest of the season, they just absolutely kicked the shit out of everybody. Um, you know, outside of the tough games they had against Penn State um, and uh, Michigan State. But, you know, I, I, the thing with the thing without uh, Ohio State is, you know, the defense still like they're playing a lot better. But there's still guys that I still think, you know, have a ton of work to do. I mean, even then, like I know we, we rag on uh, Tommy, I can well, me, I rag on him a lot, but he, you know, he's looked a little bit better. He looked like he's actually been in position, and I'm not going to give him credit for that. 
interception in the fourth quarter last week either because that was just a garbage time. So I need him to do it in a more important part of the game. But um, I mean, still young defensively. I, I'm very, very happy with what I'm seeing, though. They look like the team that everybody thought they were going to be. And, uh, you know, they got a bye this week. They're not playing anybody. But then they're going to start getting to the meat of their schedule. They're going to have to play Michigan State. They're going to have to play Penn State. Um, luckily, those games are at home. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's it, uh, C.J. Stroud. I mean, is it is it fair to say that he might be working himself back into the Heisman conversation again, the way he's played the last two weeks? I mean, he's thrown five touchdowns back-to-back weeks. He's come close to throwing 500 yards in both of those games. I know we were ragging on him for being interac- inaccurate, but the last two weeks he's looked almost perfect. I think that's kind of fair. I mean, I don't really think there's anybody that's actually running away with the Heisman right now. And I, I mean, with his stats the last two weeks, I mean – how do you not put him there? You know, I'd love to give you excuses as a Michigan fan that like, fuck him. But I mean, literally, he's putting up fucking video game <laughs> stats. I mean, he has to be in the conversation for sure. You know, it, I I did enjoy Ohio State struggling a little bit, but now it's like they've literally put up over 50 points in three straight games. So now I'm just like, oh, boy, hopefully Stroud breaks his leg before he makes it down to uh, Ann Arbor. Wow. <laughs> So I will say, like Zach was alluding to, this is looking like uh, one of those vintage Buckeye teams where, you know, championship caliber where they just absolutely mop the floor with the with the Pac-10, uh, Pac but with the Big Ten teams they're supposed to, right? <clears throat> so they took care of business easily against Rutgers and now Maryland. Offensively, never been the problem. I think now they're really starting to get cooking with gas. I know the Big Ten's a very tough conference this year, but... I think they're gonna, the Buckeyes are going to start to separate themselves here going down the stretch. I would not be surprised if they ran the table in the conference. I know it's, I know it's a tough schedule, but I think just with their, with their backs and their receivers and with Stroud starting to get it together, get his shit together, I really like how they're going to start rolling downhill. You know, if I'm a betting man, I have to pick somebody, Iowa, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. I'm handicapping right now. I think Ohio State's the uh, leader in the clubhouse for uh, – for winning the conference title game. So um, until I see otherwise, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I mean, right now, I definitely think you're trending towards an Ohio State-Iowa Big Ten title game, which is going to be a great freaking game. Um, exactly. I guess, uh, speaking of that, transitioning, you want to transition a little bit to, uh, to Iowa and Penn State, how that game went? Sure. The, uh what what were your thoughts on that game? Well, I guess I you know like you said, I feel like uh, the Lions kind of choked it away, but you know they lose their quarterback Sean Clifford halfway through the game. It's uh, just tough sledding. Iowa takes over four interceptions. That defense is still amazing to me, and uh, you know a good little comeback for them. It wasn't looking good at first, down seventeen three at home, but you know second half they chip away a little bit. They're not going to light the world on fire offensively, but you know they put up twenty three points. Just another another vintage Iowa game where you just grind the hell out of it and just uh, you're patient, you kind of rely on your defense, play field position, and uh, pound the ball in there. And, you know, um, like you're saying, I think, you know, I think Ohio State's the favorite, but Iowa's right up there. I think they're 1A at this point. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't anticipate a letdown this week against Purdue. I think they'll be fine going forward. Um, I just really love, really love that team. I'm number two in the country in the rankings right now. I think it's well-deserved. They've earned it. I think – I think what we saw for Iowa on Saturday is more of a realistic view of what they are versus that 51-point uh, outpouring they put against Maryland, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, they beat up on a shitty team. Yeah, man, I was going to be devil's advocate on this too, Matt, because I think I'm going to agree with you on this, but go ahead. 
What's I just think Iowa is just a grinded out team. But like watching that game, I just like my only feelings is I just feel like Penn State blew it. I don't know. I feel like they had the game in hand, and I, I honestly I still don't know how they lost. Um, but I guess again, Iowa is a good team, and I mean. We're going to find out in the Big Ten Championship. I think they're going to end up getting there and playing Ohio State. But I don't know. My sister went to Penn State, so I'm a little salty that they lost the game, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I thought Penn State was the better team, in my opinion. I think they blew it. I really do think I, I, Clipper got knocked out of that game, and that Penn State quarterback who came in from the backup was absolutely horrendous. Could not do a single thing. And I guess that says a lot about Iowa's defense. But, I mean, that you send a guy into a game in a hostile environment like that, you're almost doomed. Unless, like, you're a Dwayne Haskins when you go on the road at Michigan and you just bail them out of the situation um, like you did a few years ago. Only some guys can actually do that kind of stuff. But, man, that Penn State quarterback, I don't know what – I forgot what his name was, but he just was not good at all. Um, and Penn State was up 17-3 and in that game. Remember, I just think if Clifford doesn't get knocked out of that game, you might be saying a little bit different things about Penn State right now than Iowa. Um but I'm not taking credit away from from the Hawkeyes as well either. I mean they've they've continued to you know surprise everybody this year. They've shown up in the big games, and you know um, I guess we're gonna start thinking you know is Iowa gonna be that team that you know gets to the Big Ten championship game? It doesn't have a stupid game where they lose like a dumb road game like at Nebraska or whatever because or versus Nebraska because we all watched Nebraska play Michigan this past week, and I th- we'll get to that game in a little bit, but that could be a team that might surprise them. And I'm not saying that it's like, I know we're, we've, we're, we've been kind of favoring towards them right now, but Iowa doesn't have the the star studded offense that a lot of these teams in the top 10 do or the playmakers. So I think it's, if, if they're, if they're going to be in a shootout, you know, that's not the kind of game Iowa's going to want to get involved in. And I think that's going to be a mismatch. So, but you know, good for them. I still think they're one of the best teams in the country. I still think Penn state should have won the game, but Credit to Iowa. Take, they came out on top. So Taquan Robinson is the quarterback that came in for Penn State. I mean, he, uh-huh. he I mean, Matt, at one point in the game, I think I saw the stat line. He was two of like ten for like five yards. Yeah, he finished uh, like seven for twenty-one. Yeah, he did throw the four picks. I know that. Seven so. for tw- seven for twenty-one, thirty-four yards, two picks. Oh, two Horrible. picks. I'm sorry, but I know Penn. Uh, Iowa had four turnovers at least. Yeah, so yeah. Kind of flying around again. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to uh, put dirt on Penn State's grave yet. You know, they, they come to play every week, as they've proven, right? Um, so if Sean Clifford can get back healthy, you know, as long as they avoid a letdown, don't let one loss turn into two, I still think the uh, James Franklin revenge, uh, redemption tour is alive and well. And he, the Penn State will continue to have a great year going forward. Oh, they're not in any position at all that they're not have a chance. To, they're not eliminated from the playoff. They run the table and they beat Ohio State and they win the Big Ten. They're in the playoff. Mm-hmm. I think the winner of the big. I think the winner of the Big Ten this year is going to get into the playoff. That's oh, just my opinion. I think you have to. I think I honestly think at this point, because my whole argument with the whole thing with Alabama being a number five was that they were going to try and set up two SEC teams. But I think that the voters are going to voters are going to have a real tough time looking at the five tens of the five teams in the Big Ten right now that are playing each other, and you got one team that gets out of that with one loss and wins the Big Ten championship. I mean, how's it? How can you justify that against the SEC? When you look at these SEC teams, the way they're playing right now outside Alabama and Georgia, I mean, I just think the Big Ten top to bottom is a better conference right now. Um, obviously, the two teams at the top are probably better than everybody in the country. But, I mean, Penn State, Penn State's in a good position still. Penn State, I mean, man. They got a hell of a schedule coming up, though. They got to play Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State. And then I'm just like, 
looking at Iowa's schedule. Well, they, they, they all going to play each other. Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, they all have not played each other yet. So all four of those teams have to play each other. It's going to be chaos. And then, like, yeah. Iowa just plays Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. So it's just they play such a terrible schedule coming up. And Nebraska is their toughest game. Yeah, I mean, probably. Where's that? Where's it that sounds game cheesy, but like if that Nebraska game was like a night game, like they like Michigan had, I think it would be a little tougher. But they're playing at like one thirty. I don't know. Is that, I just, is that in Lincoln? Yes. Oh yeah, I mean it's right. not a slam dunk. You know. It's true. It's true. You never know. You're very true. Yeah, I mean, and that I mean, game's kind of become a little bit of a new rivalry. They play like Thanksgiving weekend every year now in the Big Ten. So you know, that, I think uh, Nebraska will be up for that game, but. I agree with Zach. You know, Can one loss. What's up? Go in, keep going, Trevor, because I want to transition to Michigan. Yeah, uh, so Nebraska, quick, but yeah going, we'll talk Trevor. about that in a second. But quickly, like you're saying, I agree with you. As long as you can get one loss out of any of those teams, that team, will, whoever wins the, the conference, will be in the playoff guarantee. But the problem is that they all start beating the crap out of each other, and they all end, end up having two losses inadvertently. That kind of, you know, that kind of hurts their cause by being so good. Right. So. But anyways, let's transition that. to that, that game that will end up being pretty good. This past week went the Wolverines six and zero though Matt six and zero. See, I'm gonna say like I get it. Like I'm not here as a crazy Michigan fan saying they're like a national championship contender. Like I don't think that's realistic at all. Like they're gonna lose the game here probably to Ohio State. They still gotta play Penn State. They still gotta play Michigan State. They're probably gonna lose two of those games. But it's just good to like be. They play that Nebraska a night game. The crowd is crazy. This is like kind of their one of their first like true road tests. I mean, they played Wisconsin, but Wisconsin kind of blows. So let, let's let's be serious there. So they went to Nebraska. They played a night game. Um, Nebraska kept with it. They were. I mean, Nebraska was good. I thought Nebraska was honestly going to win the game. They had the leads twice in the second half, and Michigan came back, scored a touchdown. Uh, Nebraska scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Michigan came back and uh, scored two straight field goals to win the game. It wasn't pretty, but it's just nice to see Michigan win these games because I feel like there's been a lot of losses in games like this the last four or five years. Fucking Martinez, man. How do you cough that ball up? I'm sorry, dude. Everyone who's complaining on Twitter about how they should have blew the play dead, it doesn't matter. You're a four or five year senior starter. You, you do not lose the ball under any circumstances in that situation. I don't care if they didn't blow the play dead. It doesn't matter. Like, it's just like that. You don't do that. I mean, Nebraska had the game. I mean, they had momentum. They were going down the field, and all he had to do was not fumble the football, and that's exactly what he did. And it's just like I feel bad because, you know, I, I generally feel like Scott Frost, we, we, as much as everyone's ragging on him, I think Nebraska is a lot better than what people think they are this year. I mean, granted, they probably only should be a one- or two-loss team. Look at how many one-loss games they've had over the last two years. It's insane how, you know, even in the biggest games they played outside of Ohio State at the beginning of last year, they've been in every big matchup. They have not gone out on the field. They have not been worked. They've played to the opponent they played in every single game. So, you know, I gave Scott Frost credit for that. Um, but I, I still think, like, with Michigan, like, and I, I, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm still the kind of guy that I'm going to give Michigan credit because, you know, they're undefeated. They haven't lost yet, but... I still think Michigan kind of plays to their opponent, whether it's really, really good, which in, in cases when they play top superior teams, it works out for them. But then you get the crappy teams like Rutgers that we're looking at right now, and Michigan kind of plays to their level. They don't really dominate. Um, you know, early on in the season, you saw that with like Western Michigan and a couple of their like terrible football teams. But, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how Michigan plays 
the rest of the season against the Big Ten because, you know, if you're playing a high-powered offense like Ohio State or you're playing like a experienced quarterback like Sean Clifford at Penn State, you know, you're going to have a tough time playing from behind against those schools. But credit to Michigan. I mean, they it's still a big win. They still went in there. It doesn't matter. They made the play. They, they forced the fumble to happen. So, like, that's still, like, elite playmaking, whether you want to rip on Martinez or not for it. So, got to give the Wolverines credit for it. And Matt uh-huh. said it right before. Matt, you said it right before, Matt. This was a classic Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to go on the road and I'm going to poop all over myself game in the past. Like, they, they did, they, they, they went into Lincoln and they won an important game. And, I, and, you know, Michigan's kind of at this place now where you need to take baby steps. And you can't be thinking that you're Michigan from the 90s where you're going to beat with these top five teams. You got to take the baby steps and just look under that hood, like Urban Meyer said, and find out what's wrong. And they're correcting those wrongs right now. <clears throat> Absolutely. Urban, and, uh, by the way, going back to saying about Martinez, so I do remember watching that play, and then my first thought was just being the Michigan fan because I thought they were going to blow the game. I said to myself, "Did they blow that play dead?" But again, against Martinez, like you're in the fourth quarter, you're at home, you're driving down the field. What the fuck are you doing with the football? Like if the blow, if the whistle is not blown, you should have the ball wrapped around like nobody's fucking business. Get the first down, get down and move on. Like what? I I really I totally get. Like what are you doing in that play? I was watching the game with my girlfriend's father, and we were just both looking at each other in absolute disbelief. We're like, I cannot believe he coughed the football up. Unbelievable. Like a four or five year starter, that's something a freshman does. I'm sorry. If that happens with CJ Stroud, that happens with Bryce Young, that happens with DJ, you you say, okay, he's a young quarterback. Martinez has been on the team for like five years. That can't happen. It can't. <clears throat> yeah, it's so got to be so goddamn frustrating if you're a Nebraska fan these days. You just bang your head against the wall every week. They just, they're in every game. They look creative offensively. Martinez does look like a good dual threat quarterback all of a sudden. Like we forget about Scott Frost. He was a, Offensive coordinator at Oregon before he took over UCF. So he's a clearly a creative play call. They kept Michigan off balance all night with their run pass options, uh, the way they were sprinkling in these creative plays. Martinez had a great game, but every week they find a new way to blow the game somehow, whether it's a double punt or turn, whether it's Martinez throwing a pick six, basically, uh, whether, you know, they're fucking up against Illinois, that team they have no business losing to. Uh, you know, they botched an extra point against uh, Oklahoma, a game they couldn't won. And now this. So you're just like, you're, they're right there. And I just feel bad for those fans because that's an electric atmosphere. Lincoln Memorial, Memorial Stadium looked great the other night. Like, that's a it's great good stadium. The it's good yeah. for the Big Ten that they're good. They yeah, that's the a loyal, yeah, it's a loyal, passionate fan base. Like, they deserve better than what they're getting. I know it just feel like you're right there, but you're just like, you're stuck on a treadmill every week. It's just like, look good, compete, and then you lose. You cough it up somehow in a different way. It's got to be just just it's, utterly frustrating. It's funny because they kept showing Scott Frost on the sidelines, and I felt so bad because he just had that look of, like, I'm dead inside. I don't know what else to do. And I definitely felt for the guy. I mean, his game plan was going as he wanted it to, and it, his, his playmaker coughed the ball up in the biggest situation. Like, I mean, that has to hurt. It happens all the time, and – I feel like he's doing a good job there, and his his player fucked it up for him. I mean, you, I mean, I get you don't want to blame college kids, but what are you fucking doing there? Go down, get the first down, and move on. Mm-hmm. I'll say I want to say two things before I move on to this. One, I don't think Scott Frost is on the hot seat anymore. I don't. I think that he saved himself for a couple more seasons because the way that Nebraska has played, you know, they've been in every single big game that this year. You thought they were going to get killed by Oklahoma. They only lost by a touchdown. 
They were in that game the entire time. They played a top-ranked team in Michigan. They probably should have won the game, but their quarterback obviously wasn't like ready to, uh, ready to play or is not ready to play on that stage. So I think that Frost is a good coach. I still think that he still has a couple more seasons in him to figure this out. And the problem is, the problem is, is that, you know, a lot of people, especially in these blue blood programs like Michigan too, because they're in the same situation kind of like with Jim Harbaugh right now, is that you're looking at a guy where you bring in somebody who's won at the previous level and you think they're going to go in and you don't know how many issues a program really has until you get a good coach in there. And it takes like four or five seasons to figure things out. Look at, Look at Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. Dabo Sweeney started at Clemson in 2009, and for the first five seasons he was at Clemson, Clemson didn't even make it a big bowl game, and they lost five years in a row to South Carolina. You imagine if Clemson just said, this guy ain't the guy, and just kicked him out and sent him to the curb five years in? Sometimes this stuff takes time. And look at that. Like If they had done that in 2014 and kicked Dabo out, that means the 2014 team would have never won the Orange Bowl over Ohio State, and then they would have never went to the playoff in 2015, and they would have never won the national championship in 2016. So I think like some of these guys, you bring in a big hire, you got to just be patient with them. And the last thing I'll say is poor Nebraska fans. I was at Animal Kingdom on Sunday and the most people I've seen at Disney World this year have been Nebraska fans and they look like fucking zombies on Sunday. They just look miserable. They were walking around with their kids in these carriages wearing all their Nebraska gear. And it's almost looked like they just decided that I, I like, I can't be more miserable than I was last night. I got to have to go to, now I got to go to animal kingdom and magic kingdom <laughs> with my kids. And, and we lost this terrible football game. I remember one guy was sitting in line and I looked at him and he just looked dead inside. <laughs> Sorry. So I wonder if that's from the being in Nebraska because of the game or because you're at animal kingdom waiting like two hours for every ride. So that could oh, be, either. I can't imagine. I, can you imagine going to the bar the night before and just drinking too much and then you lose a game like Nebraska did and then having to spend the entire day at the theme park going to like a Bugs Life movie uh, or like <laughs> running some kitty rides? I can't think of a worse torture than that. Are we talking about <laughs> Nebraska or the day in the life of Urban Meyer? Oh, <laughs> Probably similar. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys real quick want to transition to the uh, the Red River shootout? That was a hell of a game. Ahead, I'm so game. I'll, I'll save my for because I'm I'm fucking pissed yeah. about that game. I mean, just a great game, arguably. You know, that AM game against Bama. Now the the uh, Oklahoma Texas game. Just two game of the year candidates in the same weekend. It was pretty much a low key. Uh, it's all a weekend of college football. That you know that game, like you were saying last week, Zach. It's always close. Never disappoints. I mean, you got to throw the defenses out the window if you're coming in looking for a a slugfest. Never going to happen. You're looking for a basketball score every year. Did not disappoint again. Um, just the first play of the game, Texas gets a little bubble screen. Everybody on um, on the boundary for Oklahoma refuses to tackle. The guy goes 60 yards for a touchdown. You you know right away, like, oh, we're off to the races. Another 55 to 48 game or whatever. And um, you know, I do think uh, there are some silver linings for Texas. They found a, they found a quarterback in Casey Thompson. I think he's a pretty good signal call going forward for them. I still like Sarkeesian's offensive creativity. But they choked. Let's not kid ourselves. This is a massive choke job. You're up 28 to seven. You start off 14 nothing after a block punt in your own and um, deep in their own end. You go up 14 nothing, 28 to seven, and and you blow it. I mean, you blow it. All of a sudden, you know, you let Caleb Williams. I guess he's. I know he's a five-star recruit. You let him come in. That fourth and one play was so pathetic. How he just gets by one guy and he's gone. Nobody's nobody's uh, at the third level of that. That's it's inexcusable. So until Texas finds. A better defense, like even a serviceable defense, you know, they're just gonna they're just gonna be mediocre. They're gonna have four or five, six losses this year. They do have a quarterback, but 
you know, I'll, I'll give a little bit of credit to um, to Oklahoma pulling out Kennedy Brooks, great running back, had a great game. Uh, we have a quarterback controversy now. We'll we'll talk about that after with you guys. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to give Oklahoma too much credit for this. I'm going to just place it more on Texas basically fucking choking. So. This was like one of the wildest games I think I've ever watched. Like I actually watched it from beginning to end. And it was just fucking nuts. Like the way the game started, I was like, Texas is going to run away with this. And I don't even think it's because I thought Texas was that much better of a team. But as me and Trevor, me and uh, Zach's favorite player, Spencer Radler, looking into that dude's no, eyes. No, dude, don't. Do not steal. Do not steal that spotlight for me. I'm not going to. I, 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 I want to say. I've been I'll, on this trade for two years on this. Don't I, I, I got to say one thing. I got to say one thing. But like, I. Was I watched the game and just looking at his facial expressions for when they were showing it on camera, that dude just didn't have it. And it's almost like one thing I would say for Lincoln Riley is I almost like he's lucky that he pulled Rattler when he did because I think he might have waited too long because I think it was pretty evident over the first couple of drives in that game that Rattler just didn't have it. And I don't know, man, Texas should have had this game because they did everything they could to win the game. And then in the second half, they did everything they could to lose the game. Like now this is the game where all the media is going to say like, Oh, look at Oklahoma. They like have this new quarterback. They deserve to be in the playoff. Really? I just really think Texas choked the game away and Oklahoma got lucky. I've said, I've said this for the last two years. I know I was biased because I didn't like the guy and he was on the QB one and all that. I've never been a fan of Spencer Rattler. I've never been a fan of how the way he's played football. Um, he had games last year, even as a freshman, that I didn't even think that he really improved on from uh, anything. And this year, the same things that he did last year are basically the same problems this year. He's erratic with the football. He makes terrible decisions. I mean, look at the comparison in stats. I mean, Rattler threw for what? 197 yards, 200 yards, and two picks? And then Caleb Williams came in, maybe let alone almost under halfway through the game, and put up 511 yards of offense and scored five touchdowns. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It's no quarterback controversy. Spencer Rattler cannot start the rest of the season. It has to be Caleb Williams. It has to. Oklahoma looks like they have more confidence. I mean, they came out in that second half and they demolished Texas. I mean, you want to talk about, like, you know, Texas being up 28-7, to 7, but it says more about how the offense ran under Williams, in my opinion, because technically if, they, if Lincoln Riley had just said, screw it, I'm going to take my quarterback who was the favorite to win the fucking Heisman before the season. And you're going to, and I'm not, and that, that's the only reason why Rattler was in the game until midway through the second quarter is because everybody in the country was just like sucking this guy off and tie like the beginning of the part of the season, thinking that he was the guy to be. And he wasn't, he never was. Oh, wow. He went out in that bowl game against Florida last year when half their team left the freaking team to go to the NFL draft and play in the bowl game. They put up 51 points, and every single body looked at him like he was the golden child, like he was the next Dan Marino or some shit. And it's just unbelievable to me that like, people like – like the Big 12, it's just to me, it, it, they don't play defense. I'm sorry. And it's like when you, I can't really look at a quarterback and think like, okay, well, how, how is he going to look at, in, in these big games when it comes to like playoff time? And especially somebody as erratic as Spencer Rattler is when they're throwing two or three interceptions against Kansas State last year, for God's sakes. And even in games like Tulane, on the opening drive of the season, throwing an interception. I mean, Oklahoma is loaded with talent, the wide receiver uh, corps, and running backs. I mean, they have a good offense. And you're telling me this guy is playing like this? 
I'm sorry. If I'm Lincoln Riley, I know he's trying to be hidden like uh, Brian Kelly was last week, but not trying to tell who the quarterback was gonna was was gonna be in the game. I would be fucking shocked if Spencer Rattler starts on Saturday. I'll be shocked. Caleb Williams, I don't care. You that is the that, Oklahoma Texas. That is the Ohio State Michigan game. And when you go out and you ball like that, you deserve to you deserve to t- be the the starter. I'm sorry. I, I will and say. It looks like it's going to be Williams because, I guess, Oklahoma student newspaper kind of leaked it that um, Williams was getting most of the first-team reps in practice this week, and Lincoln Riley kind of, like, shut off the media availability after that. He didn't want to leak it out, but it did get leaked out. So, like you say, Zach, I'll be surprised if it's not Williams against TCU this Saturday. There's probably not much of a controversy there. It doesn't seem like Rattler's a good teammate. Um, you know, he's nowhere to be found um, when they're uh, – on that comeback, he's not celebrating with his teammates and always kind of by himself sulking. And I guess apparently after the game, when the, they had the team picture with the horns down gesture, he was nowhere to be found in that picture. So that kind of just tells me, you know, that kind of made his decision that much easier. He's an asshole. He's been an asshole. You watched him on QB1. He doesn't care. He only cares about himself. You watched him on QB1 trying to blame his receivers for the mistakes that he was making. I'm sorry. A good look at C.J. Stroud. When C.J. Stroud got benched on a freaking game against, uh, they said it was the injury. It wasn't really an injury, I don't think. I just think that C.J. wasn't playing too well. And you know what C.J. was doing? He wasn't sulking, looking like a moron on the sideline like Spencer Rattler was. At least he was engaging with the quarterbacks, celebrating with the team after they scored touchdowns, and trying to help people out. I mean, being a team like that, I mean, Spencer Rattler, if he played for Iowa State or if he played for Alabama, probably would have gotten kicked off the team the way he was acting on the sidelines against Texas. I know he wasn't doing anything like, like, but like, dude, that, that attitude is just like, it's unbelievable <laughs> to me that like, that you would act like that. He's like, you weren't playing good. And then the guy behind yeah. you came in and wanted the biggest game of your season. Like, how can you not be excited for him or your team? It's a team game. You didn't play yeah. good. You're not very good. And the fact that you had, you were the, the, the favorite to win the Heisman says everything we need to know about preseason stuff. It, it's completely irrelevant. It doesn't make any sense. The fact that they thought that Rattler was good enough to win the Heisman is bonkers to me. So I'm so just talking about Spencer Rattler. I think Goodbye, just You're in terms of like season. Good riddance. I think <laughs> in terms of the football game, though, like when Rattler's on the field, it looks like instead of making the plays he should, he wants to like get style points doing it. And I just like that's what when I see him, it's just like just make the plays. Like when Williams came in the game. He didn't even do anything crazy. Like like you said, Zach, Oklahoma has playmakers. You know what Williams did on about 100, maybe 100, 250 of those passing yards? He literally threw the ball up downfield and let Oklahoma receivers get to it. That's literally what he did. Like, there wasn't, wasn't anything crazy to it. He just let ballers ball. And when Spencer Rattler's on the field, it's like he is so concerned with being the it factor that I think he just forgets to play the game. Just play the fucking game. And honestly, he... He got what he deserved. I mean, Williams came and balled out, and I mean, I think Rattler's probably going to transfer after this because I mean, I was just, there's I was no just way he can go to the NFL after what's this. The favorite, what's the favorite team? Where's Where's Spencer well, Rattler going to go? He, uh, isn't he an Arizona boy? Yeah. So you're going to have to probably root for him next year, Zach. I think he might end up at Arizona State with Herm Edwards. We'll see. That's my pick. <laughs> I'll be so fucking angry if he goes to Arizona State. I hope he goes to Arizona. And play for the Wildcats, and he can suck and lose four games a year down there. I think I don't know why I was actually just thinking about this today. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to USC. I was actually thinking Oregon because they got that. Uh, don't they already have that transfer? Who's it? Uh, 
Anthony Brown or whatever from BC. Yeah, they, yeah so they I think it's his last year, so I mean they'll be looking for another quarterback next year. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at that. But so can I ask one quick question then? Is it fair to say that Spencer Rattler is rattled? <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here Good all week. One. I'll be here all week. Good Thank one, man. You. That was great. <laughs> I will say though, just in terms of a pure football game, that was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to quickly go over my Irish uh, getting the job done the other night? Oh, they played this weekend? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, boy. Uh, so what, they went down to Blacksburg, and uh, I mean, like you said, I think that's a hard place to play, and they got the job done. What did you, what did you see there? Yeah, I mean, fair point that uh, you didn't know that they played there on the freaking ACC network, which is pathetic, a pathetic joke. But uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know if it was just a uh, uh, hangover from last week or, like you say, Night game in Blacksburg. The Hokies are fired up. Notre Dame comes out, looks flat for it. Get, they get down 10 nothing. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. This could be a two straight loss. And they had to pull Jack Cohn because they had done nothing to start the game. And um, I was pissed because, you know, they didn't go with my boy Drew Pine at all. I guess, I don't know, if Brian Kelly has something against this guy, like, uh, you know, like the coaches had against Rudy in the movie. But um, he was giving no love to my boy Drew Pine. And I get a single snap on Saturday. They want Tyler Buckner coming in. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. This guy who can't throw. Wildcat quarterback, basically true freshman coming from California. Didn't play college, didn't play high school football last year because of the pandemic. So here we go with Tyler Buckner again. Well, you kind of shut me up a little bit. You threw the ball down the field well, effectively at times. He had a couple of great touchdown passes. That little out route he had in a tight window to Kyron Williams on the goal line just a, was a beautiful throw, a thing of beauty. So by him finally showing he could throw the ball a little bit, it opened things up. It opened up the rushing lanes, opened up the, the zone read a little bit. He finally looked like a dual-threat athlete that we thought he would be for the Irish fans coming in. They finally rushed the ball a little bit, which they hadn't done all year. Connor Williams looked serviceable finally. He's a great running back. He just needs a line That's in front right. of him. They ran the ball better. He, you know, That guy should be getting 30 touches a game between rush, rushing okay. the rock, between catching the ball, between kick returns, punt returns. He's their best player, in my opinion. I know Michael Mayo is a great tight end, but Kyron Williams is their best all-around player on, uh, offensively. So... You know, he looked great, and then he threw a couple of bad picks in the second half. So, you know, he threw a, you know, that's just part of the growing pains of a true freshman. He throws a horrible pick six down there, uh, gives Virginia Tech all the momentum back, throws another bad pick. They get down eight points with another four to go. They go back to Jack Cohn, and I'll tell you what, they finally protected for Jack Cohn like they did in the first game of the year against Florida State. Jack Cohn comes in, he lights it up last four minutes of the game. If that guy can play like that, like the whole game, like he did the last four minutes, he would be the starter all year. No problem. I have no objection to it because he's proven to be a pretty good pocket passer when he gets time and he gets his head out of his ass, which he finally did that last drive. And I don't know if you guys saw that, that two-point conversion at the end where he's rolling out to his right. I thought I had no chance. I thought we were going to lose right there. He tosses it up. Kevin Austin somehow grabs it from the sky Catch of the year to tie it up. I don't know how he did that, but then they're tied at 29. They get the ball back at the end. Um, Jonathan Doerr, another great kick to win it, um, just like he had against Florida State. I don't care about style points. I don't care if it was a shootout. They got the job done heading to the bye week. That's a tough place to win. They're 5-1. and one. They still got everything in front of them to have a very successful year. And um, obviously the quarterback carousel is going to keep turning. But as long as you got a hot hand in there every week, I don't care if you play one guy or two guys, all three guys. Just uh, get us to the finish line here, trying to get to ten and two or eleven and one. So I didn't watch this game fully, um, but I agree with you, Matt uh, Trevor. At this point, 
I've said it all year. Kyron Williams needs to get the ball more for Notre Dame to like have a more balanced or a bad pass attack. He is their best. He is their best player, in my opinion. I've alluded to that in the games that they've won. I felt like that his statistics and the amount of times they've used him was kind of pathetic, really, considering how talented he is. You know, even in those games against Wisconsin, he really was only touching the ball like 12, 13 times, which to me, Notre Dame, when you have a guy like Jack Cohen, like I get it, he played a lot better against Wisconsin, but he struggled it like after that game. And, you know, you, you, you should rely on your, your skill players, you know, to keep yourself in the game. And I, I'll admit it myself, I picked Virginia Tech to win because I thought that Notre Dame was going to come out um, given the quarterback situation that they have and have to go to Lane Stadium at night. Um, but they were, they were, you know, they proved me wrong. Um, and, you know, I, like I said, I didn't watch the game because uh, Mickey Mouse was too busy destroying my bank account. But mm-hmm. um, I saw, like, at the end on the bottom part of uh, the ESPN um, headline news, I saw that Notre, it was like an update and said Notre Dame won by a field goal. So, I mean, good for the Irish. I've said this before. Uh, a problem that's going to arise with this whole thing with Alabama being is if Notre Dame wins out and they finish the season like 10 and 1, 11 and 1, it's only going to further cement the case for Cincinnati. And that's going to cause much, much more controversy going forward. Um, but I still think Notre Dame has a very, very good shot of winning all the rest of their games. Um, they're winnable. There's not one game you look at on their schedule where it's like, oh, they're absolutely going to lose this game. They absolutely can win every game left on the schedule, which means that they can play in a New Year's Six Bowl. I don't think that's without question. I think it's New Year's Six Bowl or bust for Notre Dame right now. So um, yeah, I would I agree. With- I just think. Right. So I, I just think them. it was a good, good win against Virginia Tech. Um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, what if a bunch of chaos happens and Cincinnati loses a game or a stupid game and then a bunch of big those Big Ten teams beat up on each other? Notre Dame could sneak, secretly sneak up in that conversation again if they went out. They might be on the cusp around maybe that five or six or seven ranking if they win the rest of their games. So I'm not saying that they're they're shooing, obviously. They're going to need a lot of help. But yeah. um, I don't yeah. know. I mean, they're, they, the rest of their schedule, they have winnable games. Yeah, I mean, the schedule is kind of a joke down the stretch. I think that will ultimately keep them out, even if they go 11-1. and um, But, you know, I, I would still take 11-1 and and an opportunity to play in New Year's Six Bowl. There's greater tragedies in life than that, so. That's a winnable, that's a win season. I think so many programs would die for that. I know for a fact that schools like Tennessee, for example, would love to play in a New Year's Six Bowl rather than going <laughs> to the garbage that they, their teams put them through. So, I don't know, what do you think, Matt? I think the New Year's Six game, that would be the one to make. And I, I've been thinking about this all week. Notre Dame against Michigan. Bring the rivalry back. Hey, <laughs> if there was some way for that game to happen, I would be all for it. Now, Zach, I don't know if you're ready for this. And I know this game was, was almost a week ago now. But how about Arizona State? How do you feel about them? Oh, I can see it in your face. Dude, so I texted I texted Matt because like my, my brother Matt went to Arizona State. He's a massive Sun Devils fan. He loves the football team, and he is just. I texted him and I said, "This is the most frustrating team I have ever watched in my entire life. They are good enough to play in a New Year's Six Bowl and maybe be on the cusp of being in the playoff, but they're so poorly coached." And they don't utilize Jaden Daniels at all. So, like, they just completely fall flat in these games. And to make matters worse, and I said this before about the fucking Pac-12, dude. What is with them, man? They Stanford beats Oregon. 
They think that, like, you know, this could turn their season around, and then they go and get beat by Arizona State by two touchdowns. Then, to make matters worse for the Pac-12, your best team right now, Oregon, who has a dumb loss to Stanford, and then you have Arizona State, who's pro- who might run the table and finish 11-1. and Their one loss is BYU. BYU has a terrible loss this week, past weekend. So that completely eradicates any chance of the Pac-12 making the playoff, in my opinion. They're going to have to have so much have to happen. I think Arizona State is one of the best teams in the country, believe it or not. They're good defensively, and they have guys on offense that can win games. The, po- the problem is they're just under that Pac-12 curse. They just went, they lose a stupid game. I think it's going to be – and the thing with Arizona State, too, is they avoid playing Oregon this year. So, like, they don't have to play them until the Pac-12 championship. So, they got a bunch of teams that aren't very good this year. And, my God, can I just – we're talking the Pac-12. What the fuck is wrong with USC? How do you lose 42-18 to in Utah? I mean, are you kidding me right now? What is going on over there? Like, the whole conference itself is just a complete disarray. And, like, it's like you – like, when you look at the Big Ten, for example, you can at least justify some of these teams. Like, okay, well, this guy – this team, like, Iowa beat Penn State. So, Penn State beat so-and-so. And then you can kind of look at some of these matchups and be like, okay, well, you could justify this team for having a pretty good record. Look at the Pac-12. Their worst teams beat up on their best teams, and their best teams beat up on the worst teams. And then the middle pack teams, it's like almost everybody just – it's like it's – like, some blind person just going in there and picking games. And then that's how the Pac-12 works. Fuck the Pac-12. I'm so sick of talking about them. <laughs> yeah, Arizona State, man, they're weird. Like, they're they're very talented, like you say, Zach. But maybe it's just some bias because of, like, all the years of being a Pats fan and seeing how uh, be just being brainwashed by the incompetence of Herman Edwards. I just can't never, Yeah, I can't get behind a Herman Edwards team. But, but, yeah, look at that program. They always have talent, right? You talked about Terrell Suggs. Brock Osweiler went there. I mean, they always seem to have talent every year. I remember one year the Irish went down there. Uh, that was a highly uh, anticipated game, and they, they, they got, lost They the got game. obliterated. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, it's like they, they always have talent, right? It's just like they can't quite put it together to even approach Pac-12 uh, conference title game status. Like, they never get close to it, it seems like. Their campus, their campus, their location is, is a juggernaut for recruiting. If they get a coach, if, if Arizona State gets a coach in there, like a, like a Dabo Sweeney type, like or like a Urban Meyer type, like I know we're, we've been cracking jokes about him, but if they get if they get a coach like him at ASU, Arizona State is legitimate like threat to the playoff each year because the campus itself is a resort. Kids want to go down there and play. I mean, I follow recruiting news, and a lot of the top recruits that end up evidently choosing the SEC schools. Arizona State is always in the final. They're always in every recruiting battle, too, because their campus is so appealing. They're close to Los Angeles and the West Coast. They're they're not a tough private school to get into like USC is. I mean, they're a public university down there, and they have all the tools necessary to be good. And it's just frustrating when, you know, they, they've had guys in the past where I thought they were going to be a lot better. And they've won big games, too. I remember a few years ago, Michigan State was ranked. Arizona State went on the road and went into East Lansing and won. And, you know, they beat them also the year before at home. So they clean swept them. So I just think, you know, the Pac-12 itself, they got like we we haven't we have not been supportive of them at all. We've already stated they have massive issues. But to me, Arizona State should have beat BYU. They should be five and zero. They should be a top ten team and they should be within the conversation (laughs) most of these years and especially this year. So I guess if you had to handicap it real quick, do you guys think it's going to be um, 
Oregon slash Arizona State fighting for that for that conference title. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. That's all we need to spend our waste our breath on anymore in the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions, as Bill Walton likes to call it. But hey, we'll move on. Maybe, maybe we should get into our our top ten now. Is uh actually just uh, we'll get onto this topic real quick because we discussed it last week and I really think it was a serious topic, but now I'm not so sure. So Coach O at LSU. Oh yeah. Is he yeah. gonna get fired because? Gets blown out by Kentucky, and now I'm looking at their schedule. They still got to play Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, and Texas A&M. So this could get real ugly. Can I just say this real quick before someone goes in, Matt? I'll let you go first. Um, LSU is eight and eight since Joe Burrow in the national championship game. That's inexcusable. Inexcusable. If you're LSU, that's inexcusable. That's that that will get that would get you fired at Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson. I'm sorry, it would. That record would absolutely get you fired. It might even get you fired at Notre Dame. Yeah, they might. Yeah. I want to I want to put up with Brian Kelly. So now just watching these players in the NFL that went to LSU, like uh, Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow, it's clear that Coach O got lucky with a wealth of elite talent. Because I think if they didn't win that national championship, he would be fired right now. He would have already been fired. Because I don't know what happened. Not even a question. I don't even know. I don't know what happened to that team. I mean, good for him that he got his his national championship with Joe Burrow. But I don't think he's going to last the year. I think he's one or two big losses in the SEC away from getting fired. I mean, it's unfortunate. He seems like a, a probably a good dude, a fun coach. To, but I mean, you're not you're not producing. You're in the SEC. You're LSU, and you're getting crapped on every week. So I mean, I I just feel like we're a couple weeks from him getting fired. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. Even know if he's a good dude. They've had a lot of problems with uh, players. With, uh, <laughs> you are right about that. Right. You are right. right about that. Yeah, domestic well, violence, the sexual harassment right. allegations. So I can't even give they you that one. Every, they swipe everything under the rug at LSU. It's okay. Yeah. LSU can do whatever the hell they want. If it was Ohio State, they would have freaking put the death penalty on them, and then it would have had to blow the campus up, and then everybody at Ohio State wouldn't exist anymore if we did what LSU did. Yeah, but you know, but Coach O says like, "Go Tigers!" So like, Barstool eats that up with a with a with a spoon. Oh, or it's a funny whatever. thing in the world. It's fucking hilarious. Go Tigers. <laughs> Go Tigers and Big Cat and PMT fucking like love us so much. Oh my god! Like, oh dude, my god. <laughs> so um, shut up, man. So, we'll they're so easy. annoying. I will... They are so annoying with that shit. <laughs> I will say, yeah, he's a caricature, so I can't take him seriously. He absolutely caught lightning in a ball bottle, not getting only Joe Burrow, but then Joe Brady going there at the same time. Basically, that guy loaded up on hell of an offensive corner. He takes off in the NFL, and they they've done nothing since. Um, and and. You know, if this is continues trending the way it is, where they're gonna kick his ass out the door, I would probably try to bring back Joe Brady to give him the head coaching job, see if he wants it. I know he's an NFL guy right now. He's been spending a lot of time with the Saints, now he's with the Panthers. So he had a little detour in college, but you know, his offense was revolutionary with Joe Burrow, man. If he can come back to college and get the right quarterback again, I think LSU would be right back on track for competing for SEC titles again. So that's a that's a name to look out for if they give Coach O the boot this year. If if I'm Ed Ogeron and I think I'm on the hot seat, I'm getting on the phone with those backup quarterbacks at Ohio State, and I'm trying to see if Kyle McCord, Quinn Ewers, or Jack Miller wants to transfer down to LSU 
Because you got four and five star recruits that are sitting by the bench at CJ Stroud right now. One of those guys is absolutely sure to leave. I think it's going to be McCord before Ewers leaves, just because Ewers has got a bunch of massive endorsement deals in Columbus right now. But if you like, I don't even know what to say anymore about LSU. I mean, it's absolutely pathetic what he's done since like them winning the national championship. It's not like it's one of those teams that came on as a Cinderella story. You're LSU. You have so many guys in the NFL that have come to your program and played. You cannot go eight and eight after winning the national championship. That's inexcusable. It's absolutely inexcusable. You can't do that. I mean, that's basically winning what? Four, like you're looking at maybe four to six wins over the last two seasons combined in the SEC. I mean, think about it. Vanderbilt won two or three games most of their years. That you're talking, you're only being like one or two wins ahead of Vanderbilt. I mean, that's pathetic. It is. All right, so I, before we get into our top 10, uh, Trevor, you answer first. Uh, just yes or no, does Coach O get fired before the season's over? I'm going to say no. What do you think, Zach? I'm going to say no, too, because I think LSU is too wrapped up in this national championship from two years ago. I do think that if they come out next season and they're in the same position, he will not make it the rest of the year. Um, I just think that... I think what's going to happen is LSU is going to try and bang out one of those like quarterbacks again from the transfer program and see if they can come in and fix the team like they did with Joe Burrow and see if that helps. Um, I would not be surprised if someone like Kyle McCord from Ohio State ends up getting the call from LSU to go down there. Hell, why not even look at Spencer Rattler? Why wouldn't he be off the table? I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring it up. So, So, I mean, it's not like – I do think that, you know, if you have the skill set and the playmakers on LSU and you get that quarterback to go down there and and we will all just be – Ed Rogeron will be laughing at us if he brings one of those guys to LSU and he turns him into an NFL prospect again. But um, I'm not going to say this year. I think LSU is he's still riding the high from two years ago from the national championship. Do I think he should be fired? Yes. I think it's inexcusable to go 8-8 eight and eight at one of those programs like LSU when you have the talent that they do. And uh, it's definitely hurting their recruiting. I've seen a lot of recruits kind of going in the opposite direction from LSU based off the performance the last two seasons. So that's just my opinion. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I I agree, too. I think the national championship is too fresh. Like, no matter what happens, I think they'll at least let them play the year out and try to see what they can do at quarterback going into next season. But, I mean, he's a slow start next season for sure, away from getting fired. But... Unfortunately, he gets to. Uh, fortunately for him, he gets to ride out the Jerboro way for I think a few weeks, few weeks longer, probably into next season. All right, so uh, let's go into our top ten. I'll uh, I'll just go with mine first. Okay. Um, at ten, I got. So this is obviously ten to one. I got Oregon, Alabama, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and then the top four: Oklahoma. Cincy, Iowa, and Georgia. All right. I mean, a little, I think you're a little cruel dropping the Crimson Tide that much, but that's just my opinion. Um, I'll go next with my top 10. Welcome to the top 10, Kentucky Wildcats. Will Levis, baby. The Gunslinger, number 10, UK. Number nine, Oregon Ducks. Number eight, Penn State. Uh, right ahead of them, your Michigan Wolverines, Matt, number seven. Um, you know, they're getting the job done still. We'll see what happens down the stretch, but for now, they're 6 0. Uh, just ahead of them, though, Zach's team, Ohio State. That offense is Byron also under the best offense in the country right now, in my opinion. Uh, number five, Alabama. I dropped them from one to five. I still think they're a very good team. 
Fort's going to say Bearcats. They'll continue to take advantage of a crappy-ass schedule going forward. I don't, I don't see them getting on the top five all year. Uh, number three, I'll stick for OU for now, but I do I do not think that's a playoff team. They're going to lose eventually. It just It's just too inconsistent unless they really get a, a shot in the arm going forward with Caleb Williams making the switch to quarterback. We'll see. Number two, Iowa. Iowa Hawkeyes, number two. I didn't think we'd say that coming into the year, but here we are for number two. And number one, UGA. They're the favorites, in my opinion. Still my ride-or-die pick to win it all. So far, so good what they're showing me. I do think it is right. a decision that I was all the way up to number two. Oh, is Zach still here? I'm still here. All right, good. I know because your picture disappeared. All right, go with your top ten. Sorry, I have my top ten listed in my list right now. That's why, because I haven't closed out. All okay. Right, so just like Trevor said, he was talking, alluding to the point where he doesn't think Oklahoma is a playoff team, even though he has them in the playoff ranking, essentially. So this is my top ten. Number ten, I have Kentucky. Kentucky's 6-0 and in the SEC, I think, that deserves some recognition. Uh, number nine, I have Penn State. I mean, I still think Penn State's one of the better teams in the country. They fought hard with Iowa. They probably should have won, and even the quarterback, quarterback getting knocked out, I think they would have handled that game. Number eight, I had Michigan State. I don't care. You're 6-0, and and you're in the Big Ten East. You're playing in one of the best conferences right now, and you're undefeated. I still think that deserves recognition, so I'm putting them at number eight. Number seven, I have Alabama. Listen, I'm keeping them at seven because I do think they deserve to be penalized a little bit for losing to an unranked team. I'm sorry. That's how the thing works. If you look at every single team in the top ten that has a loss, it's by a ranked opponent. And I'm not counting A&M being ranked this week because they beat Alabama. I'm saying this right now because Alabama lost to an unranked team, just like Oregon did, which is why Oregon's not in my top ten right now. Number six, I have Ohio State. Um, that loss still keeps them from being out of the top five. Um, number five, I have Michigan at five, actually. Do I think that Michigan is one of the, is the top five team? <laughs> not really, but I still think that it, it, I still think credit is due. They played some tough games this year on the road, and I still I still think that like it's deserving that should they should be up there. So I have Michigan at number five. Number four, I have Oklahoma. I fucking hate having them there, but I honestly am going to give them more credit because I think if they keep Caleb Williams the rest of the season, I do think they're going to run the table, and I think that he's a way better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. Number three, I have Cincinnati. They have three. They I mean, say what you want about them being a non-power five. I mean, they're still undefeated. They've done every single test this year that was asked of them, and they've, they've completed it. Um, and they're going to have a cakewalk schedule the rest of the year. So unless they cough that up, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the rest of uh, the season for them. Number two, I have Iowa. I mean, I mean, they've, they've been the, one of the better teams in the country, and they've taken care of business. And, you know, their, their, their track record is great. Um, and number one, uh, George is the best team in the country. I mean, you guys look like geniuses picking them to uh, win the national championship this they, they're by far the best team in the country. They would uh, they would be Alabama if they played them next week. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, but they play right now on the same field. I I go Georgia Bulldogs too. So uh, we'll see how it goes down the stretch. But uh, I'm in agreement with you there, Zach. So uh, obviously we looked at the schedule, and this week is kind of fuck. Not I can't believe week. Michigan. This week sucks. A lot of our team, it. a lot of our teams have have bye weeks. But I did compile some games. So we're gonna we're gonna shoot from the hip here. All right. So well, this first okay. game, I literally just want a yes or no answer. I don't want to spend more than ten seconds on it. I just think it's kind of funny. Gotta say UConn, isn't he? Does UConn get their first oh, win God. against Yale this week? Um. So I want to say yes. It's crazy how you know Pete Thamel, one of the best college football writers in the country. I know we only want to spend a few seconds, but he wrote a uh, he wrote a feature on UConn this week that. 
I was reading. I was kind of getting sucked in. They talked to their AD and the you were literally the governor of Connecticut too. They were pumping up UConn football. It's not for a lack of trying. Was, this before, was that before or after the UMass game? This was after the UMass debacle. But Dude, they came out with like a okay, big story. Dude, they came out with a big story about how they're like all about their football program. I'm like, yeah, like you like they, that, right? They still consider themselves like that they could be a powerhouse football school. It was kind of crazy to oh, be honest with you. I, mean, I don't know, like that's 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 some delusion that I think that's gonna poison them. Actually, I don't know. I guess they're not. They're willing to spend money. They've spent a lot of money on their facilities. Apparently, like sixty million, which rivals. I guess Bama was saying their facilities are just as good as any ACC team or uh, like. Uh, I don't even know if he said SEC. Probably not. But I don't know. He just like maybe I got sucked in a little bit because of the who the writer was. But Trevor don't... just got sucked into a ten minute story for a zero and seven shit football team or whatever that record. All right. So yeah, Can I just, okay. I, I, I'm gonna go ahead, Trevor. Go ahead. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'll shut myself up. Yale will Yale will beat UConn. I was gonna say because you mentioned that article being published, there's not a chance in hell UConn wins this game. Yale is gonna win this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna UConn, give UConn, UConn the benefit is a of the disaster. doubt. Disaster. I'm gonna take. Can I'm I also say this UConn. real quick? Did yes. You, did you guys see my message a couple of days ago? UMass rushed the field after beating. Oh UConn. yeah, we could. De- uh, you know what? Did that really happen though? I thought you were trolling us. No, yes, really it happened. did. I watched I saw the video some of it. Of that. What the fuck? That's pathetic. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Dude, you should be. Funny. You should be banned from. All athletics. That's funny. The funny thing is that we're making, we are making fun of UConn and they do deserve it for that article. But UMass fans rushing the field against a Owen whatever UConn almost shows that, okay, maybe UMass isn't as good as we thought because they're fucking rushing the field. So maybe UConn is a little above the, above that, that uh, program over there. So I will say one more thing in the article. I noticed Zach. It has to do with Ohio State, which kind of I don't I call bullshit on, but maybe you can tell me. I guess years ago when they hired the guy from Notre Dame, right, to take over for Edsel, they said that Tom Herman was a was a finalist candidate, but they didn't choose him. You think that's true? Yes, that is true. I mean, Tom Herman was very very well regarded on Ohio State when they were legitimate. I mean, when he was the offensive coordinator when they won the national championship, so. So that I guess that go they were just trying to prove that oh UConn can still get a get a great coach get a hot oh they shot. were trying to say that UConn was going to get Tom Herman yeah and they turned him down or you like, they didn't they didn't pick him I mean that's just like, <laughs> the fact that Tom Herman would even consider going to UConn is wild to me I mean I, that, that that is that is preposterous that they thought <laughs> that they could get Tom Herman you're telling me the offensive coordinator of a national championship team was going to leave Ohio State to go coach UConn. What? Yeah, apparently, uh, apparently that's the spin they were putting on it. I, I, I knew that would kind of go up your back. This guy was the coach of Texas two years later. <laughs> Trevor, you should have said Zach the article before before the show. I know you probably would have had I it. Fucking hate, and I hate Tom Herman now because he's he's just he's an ass hat. Now Zach would like, be reading this article in Disney World and just like kicking kids into trash barrels because yeah, he would so- have like you would have an aneurysm if you read this. Zach, the spin on this article is screaming crazy. and punching some kid in the head on Splash Mountain while going down the hill, reading about Tom Herman turned down by UConn after winning the national championship with Ohio State. I mean, come on, let, let, let let's be real here. Is it, <laughs> this is. This has got to be some mafia-influenced in, in, in article that was pumped in by the state will, of Connecticut to, yeah, think that, to think that that's, that's, this is like 
different type of delusion that I'll you give the, oh, I love it. I mean, dude, the Yukon PR department, I'll give them a lot of credit. They must have went to somebody like just like they went to a highly respected rather. Just like I don't care if you have to lie, just pump us up. We need something here, and it works. So hey, I'm not gonna. I'm lie. sorry. Did they send some? Did they send some 95 year old spectator who's blind that thinks that he's been watching UConn basketball for the last 20 years, and they put him at a football game and they just told him it was basketball, and then they said, "Oh yeah, this is basically the same sport," and then we can get the same amount of coaches to come to our basketball program and think that our pathetic football team could bring an offensive coordinator from a national championship team. That's like that's like. It's like Jim Harbaugh being recruited by UConn right now. Like we, we turned Jim Harbaugh down. We didn't want him to be our coach. So instead we took we said instead we went above that and brought Randy Etzel back. Like are you kidding me? Come on. Oh my god. That was yeah. All right, we spent way too much time on UConn, but that was just it was so too I got, fun. I got oh three games. I guess Let's they move should on be now, good. please. One of them I kinda overlooked, shit. but I'm gonna save this one for last. So we'll go with this game first. I'll give you the spread, who's favored, blah blah blah. You know all that. All right, we got NC State, 4-1, traveling to BC for a night game, 7-30. NC State's favored by three. I think BC kind of sucks. I don't think they're very oh, good. Here we go. They should have <laughs> beat, Clem- no, beat Clemson. And what they did was they did the typical BC thing and fucking lost. It would be the perfect opportunity for BC to make a run in the ACC. Their quarterback goes and fucking breaks his hand or whatever out for the season. Uh, BC's going to get steamrolled by NC State. I think they lose uh, 35 to 17. No rushing the field over in, over at Chestnut Hill. I don't think that either one of these teams are teams I could look at and be like, yeah, they're definitely going to be 5-1. and one. So this is a coin flip for me, to be honest with you, because I think NC State and BC are both two teams that I would not expect to be 5-1. and one. Um, So I'm going to go with BC just because they're the home team. It's in, it's in Boston College, right? Yeah, 7-30 yeah. games, so the crowd should be good. I don't think either. <clears throat> NC State beat Clemson. BC almost beat Clemson. Says all you need to know about the ACC. They're a terrible conference this year. Um, I'm going to give I'm going to give BC the edge here just because of the home team. I don't think they're that great either, Matt. Like you said, um, they'll beat NC State, and then they'll probably rush the field. <laughs> Good. I do. Um, it'll be a close game, evenly matched. I um, I think two factors go the Eagles' way: the fact they're coming off a bye, and the fact that it's a home game at night. The uh, like you say, the crowd will become kind of pumped up as pumped up as a BC crowd can get. Um, I do like Jeff Halfley, man. He's got his DNA all over this program. They're 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 a bunch of fighters. They're they're like Nebraska kind of that. They're in every game usually. They don't get blown out or anything. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with BC by seven here. All right. So Trevor, did you hear? Did you hear that uh, Jeff Hatley? He was at Ohio State before too, and uh, UConn actually offered him the head coach position, but they said no to him. If they probably offered him to be the athletic director too. I heard so. You know. Right. You, but UConn had better options. Their football yeah. seems like a lot more superior. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Fucking asshole. I'm surprised, like, they, I'm surprised you can't to ask like Jim Calhoun oh, to be man, the, I, the coach I, by I, now. I, so. I, I have a- I'm 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 adding that UConn to my list. Fuck those guys. I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking that while we're on this, I'm thinking UMass is probably going to have to turn down Bill Belichick this offseason. He's probably going to want to go there and rebuild the program. <laughs> oh my god! All right, what's the next game? All right, so the next game, <laughs> we got five and zero Oklahoma State playing Texas. Big noon kickoff, and you have Texas favored by five. Oklahoma State's five and zero. Texas is four and two. Fuck Texas. 
because they should have won last week, and it's the same bullshit with this team every year. Texas is back, blah blah blah. I don't, I don't, I think Sarkeesian's a good coach, but even even when the game when they were playing Oklahoma, they kept showing him on the sidelines. He looked like he thought he had the game in the bag, and they fucking blew it. I mean, I don't see any way that Texas is going to show up on Saturday and hand it to Oklahoma State. I don't even know why Texas is favored. Oklahoma State's 5-0. and Give them some respect. Texas just got embarrassed because they should have beat Oklahoma. Give me Oklahoma State by 10. I like Texas because this would be a classic game because Texas, like Matt said, loves pissing everybody off, and they just love making everybody just, like, annoyed with them. So this would be a classic game where Oklahoma is, like, on the cusp of getting into the top 10 because they haven't lost a game this year, and they'll lose a dumb game like this to Texas. So I'm going with the Longhorns, even though I hate this pick. And I'm not saying that I love Texas at all, but this is exactly what Texas does. They piss everybody off in the moments when you think they're going to win or lose, and they do the polar opposite. Like, I picked Texas last week to beat Oklahoma, which I should have been right about that pick had they not pissed the game away. But Oklahoma, I don't know. I think we really got to start taking them legitimately serious if they beat Texas this weekend because if they go into that game and they run the table and they're undefeated against Oklahoma, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see that matchup. But I don't think they do it still. I just think that I, – I, I don't know. I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with Texas just because it seems like the most Texas thing ever. What would that be? Them beating an undefeated team after a game they should have won. So. Yeah, this game is definitely a pick game to me, a funky game. Always a tough matchup. Um Oklahoma State, you know, they always have a good program, and it's just a shame that they're kind of always in Oklahoma's shadow, but Mike Gundy's a great coach, runs a great program, and the fact that they get the most out of town every year. Offensively, offensively, they always present a lot of mismatches. They've had success against Texas in the past. That being said, I do like the offensively. I like what Sark's doing down there in Austin uh, last week. Caleb Williams showed me he can, he can ball out pretty well. They found the quarterback kind of going forward. And his go-to receiver, Xavier Workett, he's a beast. Nine catches, 261, and two touchdowns last week in a losing effort. I think he's going to go off again this week. I think Texas wins by eight. All right, so we got the last game I chose, which is 6-0 Kentucky traveling to 6-0 Georgia. The spread here is Georgia's favored by 23, and Georgia's defense or team is still only allowing five and a half points a game. What do you think, T-Red? So, I think, uh, not saying much, but I think Kentucky will cover a little bit. So, I do like Will Levis there, the Penn State guy. He eats his bananas with the skin on, by the way. Go Google it. Go TikTok it if you want to get uh, creeped out by that. Yeah. So, he, yeah. Brown spots fear him. But anyways, um, yeah, it's just a feel-good story for Kentucky this year. You said the spur was, what, 20, Matt, 23? 23. All right. So, you know, I think they'll give him a game a little bit. I I still, I still think George will win comfortably. And Zach's shaking his head at me. What the hell? I'll, I'll, I'll make an ass out of myself. I'll say um, 31-17, Georgia. Um, just like LSU a couple years ago, you just get a feel from some of these teams in college football when they're just doing historical stuff. And I think that this Georgia team that I was wrong about in the beginning of the year, they look like a historic team right now. I don't think anybody in the SEC has an absolute shot to beat them until Alabama gets to the SEC championship game. I don't think Kentucky's very good. 
I've seen the Kentucky who is the Kentucky quarterback, the guy who eats the banana peels. What's his name again? Uh, Will Levis. Will Levis. Will Levis. Will Levis. I mean, this guy's not putting up fucking like numbers at all. There's no way that this dude is going to put up numbers to compete with Georgia. I'm sorry. I'll be shocked if Kentucky scores more than 10 points. I don't think that Kentucky's offense can even compete with Georgia's defense, and that is going to make for the easiest day possible for Georgia's offense. I like Georgia by maybe four touchdowns in this game. I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think Kentucky's that good when you talk about a comparison to Georgia. I just think that Georgia is playing a different sport on a different level than everybody in the country right now. And their defense, their defense is right now, you just said it, five points a game, five points a game. That is ridiculous. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Like, you're playing, like, there have been games that Ohio State's played against Tulsa and fucking, um, what's it called, Akron, where they've allowed 17 points or 20 points. And you're playing in the SEC, and you're allowing five points a game. I mean, Kentucky does not have a single chance to win this game. Georgia is absolutely going to win this game. I bet my house on it. And they come. Whoa! Shit. The house is being, honestly, I'm with you, though. I think I think Kentucky's a fake six and zero, to be honest with you. Yeah, they've they're six and zero because they beat the teams on their schedule. Like whoopty fucking do they beat Missouri, uh, South Carolina, Florida, LSU? Whoopty fucking do. I think Georgia right. wins this game forty two to ten. It, it's not even going to be close. Wow, I think, is, much I think this is just going to be a curb stomping. Yeah, I mean. I well, well, Trevor, win. you can wear you can wear your you can be you can be the spokesman for Blue, Big Blue Nation. I know that you would love that being the Duke basketball fan that you are, oh, yeah, uh, right, right. supporting Kentucky and all that. So, um, well, actually, both of you guys actually, so, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna hate on Kentucky. I, I like Mike's uh, Mark was it Mark Stoops over there. He's, he's done a pretty good job there. You know, they're never gonna sniff an SEC title, but. Considering that's a basketball school, the football school is holding its own over there. So, you know. I will say one quick note before we end the show real quick. Um, Duke is going to Ohio State for basketball this year, so we'll all have to be watching that game together, um, which would be that would be, that'll be exciting to watch, two uh, programs like that. Duke and Ohio State, can't wait for that. So can I throw out a little bombshell I want to say about a bet this week? This upset. is I love it. You know what? This this is what this is how we'll end the show. Throw your right. bombshell out. Let's go. So, go. This is gonna. I'm gonna probably regret this, but whatever. <laughs> Texas Tech six, minus sixteen and a half in Lawrence, Kansas this week, right? Tech. Neither one of these teams plays defense. I mean, you watch. It's just horrible. The two worst teams in a in a horrible conference. That's saying something, right? So somebody has to be the worst in the Big 12. Both these teams are the worst in the Big 12 playing defense. I think you're looking at a shootout. I'm going to go Kansas with the outright upset of maybe the year right here. Kansas over Texas Tech. Print it. Give me the money. I think that's like plus 850, something like that. Let's go. Are you going to drive down to – are you going to drive <laughs> over and, and bet that? Uh, probably not, but maybe I should, right? If I really want to put my, put my nuts on the table, I probably should put my money where my mouth is. Maybe. I'm only 15 minutes away from there, so it's very tempting, but we'll see. I'll How many keep games has Kansas won since week one? Uh, Kansas has one win. I think they won by three against, like, South Dakota or something like that, and then they— So, wait, like, that's last... their only win? They only have one win? Yeah, one win. Kansas... Last week, they lost 59-7 to to wow. Iowa State. So. Kansas is one and four. They're scoring 17 sure. points a I'm game, giving up— and giving up forty three points a game. So what's in that bottle? 
what's in that gallon jug over there? Is that vodka or is that water? I don't know what's going on over there with you, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I mean, I had to I had to hold my nose when I was looking at these some of these bets, but um, I had to pick one. I mean, you what do you have? Vandy against South Carolina. South Carolina's minus eighteen. I'm not I'm not touching that with a ten foot ball. Army at South Wisconsin. Carolina, South Carolina. South Carolina stinks, by the way, but Vandy. Yeah, I mean, but Vandy doesn't score at all. They've been shut out in two of their last three games. But um, here's the last one. You might you might want to take the cheese on this one, guys. Prime right. time in Madison, right? Army's going to Wisconsin. Wisconsin minus fourteen. Is that something you want to you want to fuck with? Maybe. Maybe because Wisconsin can't score points, but also at the same time, like I just can't see that happening. But I don't know. Actually, I don't know. That's actually intriguing. I think that match was more intriguing than the first one you mentioned between Kansas and Texas Tech, only because <laughs> Army. I, I just don't think Ar- Army's. The last couple of years, Army had a pretty good team where they battled it out and they went into Michigan and places uh, like even Oklahoma and went to overtime with them. Or they've had some good teams. Army's not doesn't have that squad anymore. But Wisconsin's yeah. not good at all. Graham Hurd, Graham Mertz is not a good quarterback, and they don't have a good offense either. Well, you don't I mean, like. You don't like his two touchdowns, seven pick stat line for the season? No, actually, you know that I, I would say it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I I definitely think that uh, I would I would actually probably more inclined to bet on Army than I would be inclined to bet on Kansas. I'll just say that I think Kansas football is just just Let's go. at least. At least the army. At least army is just people who are going to be defending our country and are going to be actual heroes. So I could bet on them under like irrelevant football players on Kansas. Uh, I'm going Rock Shock Jayhawk, baby. Let's go one week. Rock Shock Jayhawk. Gentlemen, that was a pretty good show for not having a script. Hey, it was. Yeah. Zach, you come home Saturday. I come home Saturday. I'm home for about a week, and then I go to California the following Saturday. Yeesh. You're gonna be like uh, Chevy on. Chevy Chase and vacation towards the end, having to like try to cash the travelers check that bounces when you're trying to get some money go, <laughs> to come home. I gotta leave and go pick up Liz from the airport. Thanks right. for getting on. Hell of a show, Zach. Enjoy the rest of your trip. T Med, good luck losing your money. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Oh, All right, all right, guys. All right, so- Thank you for listening to the Late to the Party podcast.